tonight. We have a moment to step into this space together here on Ash Wednesday to enter into this season of repentance and deep reflection on our faith, to ponder just who and whose we are and what's been going on in our life, to remember who God is and what God has done for this amazing creation and everything that's in it. Something that's revealed to us time and again through this, the image of the cross. You know, the image of a cross is an image of death. It's the place where Jesus was sent to die as a traitor, sent to die for treason, for speaking out against the Roman Empire. And yet, for us as Christians, this cross is also a symbol of life and salvation. It's an image that's so closely associated with our baptisms. All of you in here that have been baptized, you received a cross on your foreheads the day you were baptized. You received it with oil. You received it with these words spoken over you. Child of God, you have been sealed by the Holy Spirit and marked with the cross of Christ forever. That moment in your baptism, when the pastor whoever presided at your baptism made that mark of the cross for you, that was a sign of life for you. This is a reminder that no matter what is happening in life, no matter how young or how old you are, you are God's child forever. The cross is a symbol of both death and the promise of eternal life. And tonight, in just a few moments, you're going to have a chance to have that cross marked on your forehead yet again, though this time with ash. Why do we use ash? It's a reminder for us that we're mortal, that our time here is finite, that we embody both at the same time this life of Christ every day, and yet we know that we will also experience a death just as Christ did. And in our baptisms where we hear a child of God, you have been claimed and sealed by the Holy Spirit, claimed as a child of God forever. Tonight we hear those familiar words. Remember that you are dust, and to dust you shall return. We open the service today with Psalm 51, a place for us to enter into tonight's worship making ourselves aware, inviting God into this place, and rooting ourselves firmly in the present. Verse 3 says, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love. In your great compassion, blot out my offenses. Why? For I know my offenses, and my sin is ever before me. Our psalmist is giving us a picture of how our relationship with God works, we recognize that God is the provider of everything in our lives and that we need everything from God's promises and providence. But here tonight, as we step into this space together to share this moment together, <clears throat> we also have to be honest with ourselves that sin turns us away from that providence. It turns us away from the Creator and focuses our attention and our faith instead on the created. 
Our psalmist then encourages us to repent, to turn around from our sin and call on God's steadfast love. This is a way to invite God's presence into our lives, not just to be there, but to do some work, to enact change, to help us turn away from that sin and to make space for forgiveness. We're inviting God's steadfast love to get in there and go to work and take all of the sin from us and start transforming our hearts. And this is a work that only God can do. I have to say, right up until this point, up until probably about 8 in the morning yesterday, I felt like I had a pretty decent theological homiletical and liturgical Ash Wednesday sermon ready to go. Hitting all the high points, Pastor Dave, good for you. It was going to be kind of boring. But it was going to hit the right notes. We need to focus on the things that turn us from God. That's right, Pastor Dave. Is sin real? Yep. Then yesterday morning, things changed. Things changed for me at the bedside of a family saying goodbye to their 12-year-old daughter. And in that moment, while everything that I just said is absolutely true, I'm reminded that we need to hear not just about the sin, that we need to hear not just about the death, but when we come into this place on Ash Wednesday, we know that the cross is a symbol of death, but it is a cross is a symbol for life. We need to hear the whole story here even on an Ash Wednesday service. Why? Because when we make our way into this space year after year and we hear about all the things that we expect to hear on an Ash Wednesday service, it's easy to just kind of go through the motions. But dear friends in Christ, hear this. Our faith is a real, living, and breathing thing. And it means something. It's real. When we're experiencing doubt or fear or uncertainty, it is so easy to wonder if there are things that can separate us from God. It's where we go when we encounter something that shouldn't be the way that it is. Is this going to be the thing that's going to stop God from loving me? In fact, Paul asked this question in Romans chapter 8. He says, is there anything in this world that's going to stop God from loving me? Is there anything that has been, is, or will take place that can make this happen? Does my relationship with God end when I die? Paul turns right back around and answers his questions with strength, with certainty. He says, I am certain that there is nothing in this world that can separate you from God's love in Christ. Nothing. Not even death. These are the same words that I've spoken to people who have been confessing the, the shame and the guilt over decisions in their lives and the things that they don't want to confront but they know are hurting them. These are the same words that people have spoken to me when I've had questions about my relationship with God at multiple times in my life. And these are the same words that I spoke at the bedside of Kaylee yesterday with her family as they were saying goodbye. Even in the face of all of these things, 
recognizing the depth of our sin and wondering if death is going to have the final answer, even when God could have chosen to reserve His promise of salvation and eternal life to only those few people who met some amazing cosmic measure of worthiness, God instead chose salvation and eternal life for all of this creation because He loved it. Full stop. He loved it. He loved you. And He loved me. I'm a firm believer that I don't need to sit with you and tell you where your sins are. I think it doesn't take us very long to think about the brokenness at work in our lives. I don't think we need to spend too much time reflecting on that because as the psalmist says, it is ever before me. It is a constant companion on my journey of faith. After teaching for a long time, I also know that those negative words that stick in our craws, they're really hard to get out. And that we need to overcome those words that come from sin, the shame and the guilt and the fear and the doubt. We need to overcome it again and again and again with the gospel message that says that stuff that speaks in our head that tries to take us down and tries to make us feel like there's something that's going to stop God from loving us. We need this gospel to get in the way of that and say there is nothing bigger than God's grace, not even death. We need to overcome the darkness with the light. You and I need to keep hearing that over and over again. And it's why we enter into this space together, dipping our toes into the deep well of memories that exist for the thousands of generations that have come together and to remember this night. It's why we need to come here tonight and have this image of the cross looking us square in the face. An image of the cross with Jesus reaching back, inviting us to hear the stories of all of these generations that have come before us, that have dealt with all of the fear and the doubt and the sin, and yet God showed up to them in big and powerful ways. We need to stand right now in the present with our feet planted firmly in this moment, remembering that, yeah, there's sin in the world, but God's promised grace is bigger than that. And we need to keep reaching our hand out into the future to grab hold tightly to that promise of eternal life that's given to all of us in our baptisms. We are the image of the cross in the world. We're called to bear it with us. Tonight, when you have that cross emblazoned on your forehead, we do embody this story yet again. I'm thankful for the promised grace from God in Christ that accompanies us on this journey through Lent, through this season of darkness, but it's never going to be so dark that we can't see the light guiding our way. Thanks be to God for God's gift of grace in Christ. Amen.